0: Hello, everybody. On today's episode of the Loose Change podcast, we're going to be talking about the demise of my Toronto Maple Leafs, along with the New Jersey Devils and Buffalo Sabres. and welcome back to the loose change podcast we're talking about the Leafs today but before we get into that sack of shit let's talk about
1: you guys how was your week due? uh I can't complain too much I mean I don't think a lot happened I was still kind of quarantining because of COVID but yeah, you know
2: and you're not still eh today, I thought that was so. a couple weeks ago
1: it was a couple weeks ago but I you know didn't really want to get anyone else sick so I was just kind That's of commendable people for a little bit so Hey, good guy, Stuart. Thank God my podcast got it
0: too. Okay. So that's what it was. Quarantining. Sure.
2: Quote unquote. Kai, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Halloween was fun. What'd you uh, dress up as? Did uh met in black. Not not a couple's costume, just a uh, little Easter egg that. there for Britain.
0: I did that last year.
2: It's a good one. Nice and simple.
0: Yeah, Brayden, we're going to get into it a little bit later. Apparently, you had such a bad time on Halloween that we wanted to a uh, couple's costume rant after we talked some hockey.
2: There, there's
3: a look now i'm not completely opposed to the concept of the couple's costumes. there's just a couple <laughs> pardon the pun uh this year where excuse they're me. just uh, i've got some shit to say couples listeners of the podcast who are in a committed safe relationship who if you have followed the steps that you heard in brayden's love corner in the weeks prior you know how to do so so i trust that you all are in one um yeah i might be coming for your fucking throats and praying on your downfall, so okay. hold on stay around find out
0: Let's talk hockey before we get into that fun stuff. Very Halloween episode. Let's talk about the demise and scary nature. That is the Toronto Maple Leafs. If you're a fan of them anyways, it's scary. They, um, in a word suck. They fucking suck. I hate them. I hate watching them. I can't believe I tied my wagon to this. And I am embarrassed about my thoughts in the off season. I'm officially on board with Braden's take. Uh, they suck and they're not going to be in a playoff spot at Christmas. And for me, I just want to start with who do we blame? Because we all know we suck. We don't have to get into why they suck. They suck down the lineup. Their bottom six sucks. Their stars suck. Their defense, their goalies. Their goalies are okay so far. Shallgren kind of sucks. Somehow. Who is at fault? Kai, I'll ask you first. Is it the GM? Is it the coach? Is it the players? Who do we start with? Because we're going to go through
2: everybody. Yeah. I mean, we'll go through everyone, but got to start with the players. Let's, let's start with the top six. Let's start with the top six. I mean, that was the bread and butter coming in. You knew the Leafs, they were going to be like, okay, bottom six, a little bit weak. Defense was looking pretty solid. Goalies were a huge question mark, but you had a locked and loaded star studded top six that you knew was going to outscore a lot of the problems. And thus far that has not happened. Uh I'm curious to, for you guys to go into a little bit more specifics as I'm sure you've watched more Leafs than I have. But from what I've seen, Mitch Marner is invisible.
0: Oh my God. He's throwing temper tantrums too. Did you? Okay. So let me get into it right now. What really set me over the edge, Braden and I were talking about this earlier in the morning in the loose change group chat. Man, Mitch Marner absolutely had both goals in the last game come off his stick before they touch Anaheim's stick so it was at one point three to two for the leafs and they call a timeout as they always do Well, winning because they're mental midgets so keith knows that he has mental midgets on his team he has a timeout say so guys we're up three two both of them were marner's fault i'm sitting him because i'm the coach and i don't want him playing that's no more turnovers pretty sound coaching if you ask me and Marner needs to get told what the fuck to do. He's a little crybaby bitch. And what does he do? He goes and he cries like a little baby bitch. Throws his stick, runs down the tunnel. And Brayden, have you ever seen in your life someone go down the tunnel, return to the bench without being injured or really having to shit? Like, has that ever happened?
3: That's not, any, that's not even the worst part.
0: But that that's what happened.
3: Right, but then And what then
0: happened? they get scored on and Keith goes back back on his decision
1: he puts him back
0: on saying you know what Marner you do run this team you can throw a temper tantrum and basically undermine my sitting of you because we need you and the team runs as far as you do and you what the team absolutely does run as far as he does and that's why they're not going to make it out with the first fucking round because he's a mental midget that can't handle pressure or
3: critique what a loser I hate to sound like a boomer. I really fucking do. Can you imagine doing that if, like, Mark Messier was the captain on your team? Or Steve Eisner? That's kind
0: of what I'm saying. Even now, Patrice Bergeron. If you want
3: to... Even now, Bergeron, Chard, if you want to go back, Crosby.
1: Yeah,
3: Dude, Gatslaff. There's a great example of a modern... Can you imagine doing that with Gatslaff as your captain? You'd be done for the week. You'd be sitting next game. I... (laughs) Marner should sit, man. Honest to fucking God, Marner should be sitting. And he, one of those guys needs to be scratched. I I don't want to throw... Honestly, okay. Matthews hasn't been where he needs to be. I think he's battling an injury. And honest to fucking God, like, we talked about the Leafs need to be more physical. Austin's been throwing it around more mm-hmm. this year. He's got it in him, right? He's got it in him to play that physical outside. He'll... He's fucking big, right? He's what 6'3, 2 something. He'll throw the body around. He has it in him.
1: I feel the other guys? No. I, I feel like Matthews has like I feel like he has to be battling an injury. He has what 48 shots or some shit like that. He's shooting yeah. like 6.25% right now. Like it is Austin Matthews. It's, it's been a lot of games now where it's like it's gotta be something else. I'd I'd be surprised if you didn't have an injury, to be honest. And if you look at the stat sheets, yeah. too,
0: it's kind of to your point, like He's injured. He still has eight points in ten games, and Nylander has ten points in ten games. Tavares has ten. Marner has nine. I don't care. They're not looking like it on the ice. They don't look dominant. A lot of that is power play. You need to dominate the ice time. Like you cannot Mm -hmm. get scored. I want to see like plus fifty eight at the end of the season, and they are not carrying play. You see a lot of sloppy play out of them.
3: You want another perfect example that has encapsulated the Leaf season two this entire point you want to look at one play you see that kerfoot play
0: which kerfoot play
3: against the ducks where the puck comes in i can't remember if it was marner that shot it somebody shot it and it looks like it's gonna go right in the net and kerfoot celebrates and it gets stuck on the goal line and kerfoot because he has his hands in the air celebrating the goal before it goes in doesn't have the chance to put it in the ducks pick it up they go the other way and they score
0: so that's just and that's indicative it. it's of fucking celebrating
3: are. too early it is to me it is I, i'm not celebrating too early as a as the main theme there but just the premature oh good it's done keep your stick on the fucking ice that's the most basic rule of hockey stick on the ice make sure it's in you see how many fuck how many times will you see the puck you know it's clearly in and then you'll see somebody on your team or the other team whatever fucking is the whack at it even if it comes back out just to put it back in and make sure it's in the fucking net
0: yeah i mean
3: oh it's done i can fuck off now no it's not done do the fucking well, work
0: speaking of kerfoot let's kind of get into it because i think what at this point we're 10 games in and we're talking about the players right now let's make an adjustment here kerfoot is making three and a half God. million justin hall is making two million million we cannot God. find right now a spot for Kerfoot in the lineup he doesn't excel in the top six he plays terribly on the third line and he's a fine fourth liner fourth line's great when he's on he's making three and a half million though he can't be on our fourth line so Kerfoot had to be trading the offseason we kind of all knew this and he wasn't and here we are and i think at this point you look at the offense and the defense i want changes across the board and i'm not freaking out like i'm not this crazy leaf fan every year i don't do this usually Usually, I'm still on yeah. board. Like, you guys know, this is
1: very rare for me to just be like, I cannot take it, trade these guys. Yeah, you're usually just sitting on the fence, like, waiting for playoffs. Like, you'll you'll just, you're, in your head, you're confident it's going to buff out, but it looks so bad to start this year.
0: It's because they're bad this year. Legitimately so bad.
3: bad. Sandine holding out. He hasn't looked good. <laughs> you know, and I want to come back to Kerfa. You know who he reminds me a lot of? Kai? Sven Berchi. Hmm. He's a guy who, like,
0: to the uh, listeners, that's a nuts offensive- player because no one knows who's Barachi is. Yeah.
3: Well, here's just what I mean there is like Kerfitz. I think he's good defensively. Like, he's decent defensively. We know he, he kills penalties. He's not a master on D, but he, he can do it more than Barachi did. I just mean more so in that he's more offensively inclined player, but he's not good enough offensively to play in your top six. But by that same metric, then, right? Okay, so he's going to be in your mm-hmm. bottom six. He's that weird kind of tweener where he's not good enough yep. defensively to play on your third line, but he's too good to play on your fourth. Niels Hoglander, mm-hmm. if we want to look at a guy right now on the Canucks, so it's like he's good, but where does yeah, he fit? Yeah, I in? mean, he's got to find uh, it. I like that
2: comparison because you look at Bergey, his time there, he succeeded playing with Horvat. When the time that he wasn't playing with Horvat, he was really bad, and eventually they just moved to the AHL when they realized he couldn't play with Horvat consistently. So it was like mm-hmm. second line or AHL for Bershi. And yeah, I could see that being a similar case with Kerfoot, right?
3: Yeah. And with Kerfoot, it's like, if you can only do okay with John fucking Tavares mm-hmm. as your center.
1: And Willie as your other yeah. winger, It's not even as just Tavares. Yeah. He has Nylander on his other side too. Like what? all you have to do is and be Nylander's there. And Nylander's been... Those have been the most two consistent Leafs this year. Honestly, those are the only guys
3: that have been good this year. That, oh my good fuck. I haven't even got... That Riley contract, Tyler, how are we feel about that Morgan Riley extension baby based on how he's looked this year? Not
0: great. Not great at all. Um, but before we get into Riley, because I do want to go like offense, defense. Uh, let's just finish off with the offense here. Tavares and Nylander have been looking good. But where is that leadership? I, I, I heard a quote today, a thousand yard stare from John Tavares when the Leafs are down. And that's exactly how I feel. Like, I feel as though John Tavares is just on the bench, just like staring as if he's at some beer league game hungover like he doesn't care about the (laughs) score and i don't understand why i have to ask for these fucking elite players making so much money that supposedly give a shit about stanley cups and winning i don't know why we're all sitting here just asking for more effort that's not something bruins fans penguins fans and any winning culture like asks for from their players It's usually some other form of injury or that causes them to suck. The Leafs just suck because in between their ears, they are worse than other teams. That's it. They physically have the talent. They mentally don't have what it takes to win in the NHL. At this point, it's clear.
3: Well, it's there's that one quote. I can't remember who first said it, but it's with the Leafs. But it's not that they... They like to win, like they do like to win, but they don't hate to lose. And you gotta hate to lose in the NHL, right? And and to me, it's not uh, to me, it doesn't come across of them being as in, oh, they're better than us. It's we're better than them. It'll work out. Eh, we'll score. Thank we'll you. Win. That's
0: exactly how Marner expresses in his post in his uh post game conferences too. He's like asked, are you guys worried about your terrible start so far? And he's like, well, I we don't hear the outsized noise. Everyone talks about it, but. We don't hear about it and we don't care what you guys have to say Um, in here. We know what we have to do to win and we only care about what happens in here. Okay. Then
3: if only they could be that great. Def- like if only they could be that defensive. Where is
0: the that ice, then? <laughs> where's, where's that on the ice then? Exactly. Where, where is that? He gets so defensive about what Mitch. everyone says, specifically Mitch Marner, who I think is the biggest Whoa. mental midget on the team. Like he can't handle that. He doesn't know how to handle pressure. Well, it's a joke
3: with Mitch. I don't even know if it's a, like, he cares too much. It, I, that's a weird thing to say. But when we're complaining about them not caring, but with Mitch, he's a hometown kid. He's grew up a Leaf fan. He takes it to heart. I do think he does. And honest to God, I don't think he has what it takes to be a Toronto Maple Leaf and that he takes it too hard too much. And then it's going to affect him mentally. And then it's going to affect his performance. And he's always going to be crushing himself. I don't think he's able to perform in a market like Toronto because of that. I don't think he's a fantastic NHL player. He needs a smaller market. And to if
0: he were to thrive in Toronto, you need the best leadership and supporting cast in the world to get him through that. And they don't have that. I think with Kadri with Spezza in the locker room all the time, it would be a lot better with a Marlowe in the
3: locker room. That's not there anymore. I don't, I don't think so. I, I've seen so many tweets being, Oh, Dubas, Oh, Dubas Gary, this guy, this guy, this guy, what the fuck did they win with those guys? What did they do with them? And to me, that's where, you know, if we're going to shift from players and go on to management, that lies to me with management. Culture starts at the top and it works its But way let's down. go to management Looking soon. Let's the... talk
0: about defense. You want to talk about Riley? Let's do Riley.
3: Yeah, it's... Uh, we know he's more offensively than defensively, but he's been... Horrendous. He has been terrible.
0: I mean, because Brody also has having to be playing with Justin fucking Hall, that loser and bum. Can't believe he's on our team still. So, so Riley's playing with, like, Mete tonight, for example. Um whoever's playing on the first line of the Flyers, take them to score. I know this is coming out after that, but God, like Riley cannot carry Mete. We've seen it throughout the years. He needs a TJ Brody at least because he's not good defensively.
3: Yeah, like I, part of me doesn't want to harp on the D just because they're so racked by injuries right now. But, you know, it was Jimmy Rutherford when he was with the Penguins and now he's with our Vancouver Canucks who said, you know, uh, if you're blaming injuries, it's because you're a bad team. Injuries are an excuse. Good teams overcome injuries. So as bad as those injuries have been, like, sure you don't want to be playing Victor Mate and uh, you know, fuck who else ever is filling in on D right now for them. It's not an excuse. Good teams find a way. Hi, how
0: do we feel about coaching and management? Like the players are the players. We've seen a 10-game sample size, which is pretty good. Are the coaches and player like player management to blame at all? Or what mm-hmm. do they
2: do forward here for the rest of the year? Yeah, I mean, in our Division preview, for example, when we talked about the Leafs, we were saying like one more first round exit, or even worse at this point, is in the cards. Dubas is obviously gone. I think Keith would be gone as well. Uh But we're at the point here. How long does this slump go on before they make an in season coaching change?
3: I don't think
0: you can. Well, let's propose Braden's idea. Let Let's say they're out of a legit out of a playoff spot, six points out of a playoff spot with no games to hand. At January 1st, around Christmas time. Do I think you, you have to? Do you not have to make a no. coaching change or some kind of change? You have to
3: do something. No. no. You don't do a coaching change. And here's why. Do you remember when Shanahan first took over the Leafs as president? Do you remember who the coach was at that time for the Back uh, in Toronto 2014?
0: Uh, was it Carlisle? When
3: Lamarello, it was Randy Carlisle. And you remember everyone went, Randy's gone on day two. And you remember what happened with Randy? stuck around the entire season, and he coached one more year after that. And the reason why is that you can't reward players with a new coach when they feel entitled. And to me, that's what's happening right now with the Leafs. I don't think it's that, you know, Keith's lost the room and that they just don't care about what he has to say anymore. I don't think they fucking cared to start. So when Randy stayed, it was, fuck you, you're not in charge here anymore. You don't run this shit. And they need to get back to that. And to me, it's the same thing with Keefe. If you fire Keith, you're shuffling deck chairs on a fucking sinking boat, right? Like you're hitting the iceberg regardless. Moving Keith, you're gonna reward them with a new coach who's gonna get what? Maybe a 10 game boost out of them, and then we're back to the same shit. It's rewarding them with the change that they don't deserve. I guess
0: so, but also I think to counter your point is what if leaving Keith, who they've enjoyed playing for and going from Badcock to Keith, they love Keefe. Like Taking away Keefe is not rewarding them. They don't want Keefe to go. We want Keefe to go. The fans that want these players to get whipped into shape want a Barry Trotz or a John Tortorella or a Villano.
3: Like, we want someone else. But who are you going to get? Trotz turned down his own hometown. You're not going to bury Trots. He turned down his hometown team. He said, I'm not coaching this year. So you're not going to Barry Trotz. And I, now look, at the end of the season, for sure, I think that's an okay time to look at it. In season, you don't... That's rewarding okay. the players. And we've had too much of that. To me, that's a it's a large it's a macro level version of benching Marner and then letting him play two yeah, but minutes I think, later.
1: I think the pressure's too heavy in Toronto right now, especially like on Dubas and the upper management. That's no mm. excuse. Is you know, it not, though? That's
3: just like Brian Burke. I yes, don't think so. I think, I think of Brian Burke saying I think of Brian Burke saying that you can't rebuild in Toronto because the pressure's on too much to be good. It doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter what the fans say. It doesn't matter what the media says. You have a plan and you stick to it. You do that. You're furthering that culture of entitlement. (sighs) You don't run this shit. That's what I, to me, your message has to be to the players. And moving Keith further, you know, getting rid of Keith is just going to further dig that hole. Okay.
0: So what's the fix then? So we've talked about the players. Obviously the coaching can just get better and the players can just get better. That's obviously a, a possibility. What can we do if we're running this team? Fantasy GM, we're this? What the fuck do we do besides, like, asking our Marner's players gone. to play better? You think well, Marner, trading Marner but... is, like, like it's too ridiculous to change the coach, but trading Marner is just, like, whoopsie-daisy? Like, that's a way bigger change if you ask me, trading your star player.
3: Okay, but this problem has persisted throughout multiple coaches, and it's a culture problem. You don't change culture by getting rid of the manager. You got to get rid of the team, right? People make the culture. One guy at the coach, you got to get rid of multiple players. To me, Hall, gone. Kerfoot, gone. R- Marner, gone. Riley, I don't go fuck. He's been there too long. If you can find a way, gone.
0: I, I, you can't because he has a no trade clause. But for the Marner thing, uh, let's kind of talk about it. Let's try to not get crazy and outlandish about it. But can we have a civil conversation about trading Mitch Marner?
3: The one thing I, I want to just touch on one thing before we get into that, what that looks like. Management, Kai, you're a manager. You got to make managerial decisions sometimes, right? You've had to have a couple tough decisions. A to heart or here or there? You've had to have a hard to heart. Has your upper management had your back when you've had to have those every time? Hearts? Does Sheldon Keefe have that from Dubas and Shanahan when he has to sit down with Martyr and Bencham? I don't think so. I think they're going, yeah, you should do it. And then as soon as he does, Marner goes and cries, you know, Mm. and then, oh, you got to take it easier. I think that's the matching shows. And what we, sure, look, let's go, what, a week ago? Keith says our elite players weren't elite players. A day later, Keith walks that back and all these reports come out about how Marner was offended. That hurt his feelings.
0: No, legit, the report came out. One of the elite players were mad. The report also suggested it wasn't
3: Nylander Tavares or Matthews
2: okay it was. so it was murder
3: so now do you think that's Keith walking back because martyr came up to him and said I didn't like that or do you think that's martyr going to Dubas and saying I didn't like that and then Dubas going to Keith? I
2: I think don't it might have been like it, it could have very well been that but it also could have been maybe <clears throat> them being like we don't like the narrative that this is creating and we need to fix that maybe but then benching dude like again, and, then the benching. Benching,
3: and not only that but walking out yeah. on your teammates like yeah. that, that is
2: that's what, an
0: excuse was a bad look yeah inexcusable look. Yeah. and i ask all of you i do any of you guys remember a time where a player had a hissy fit like that in the tunnel and was allowed to play again i don't no. i've never seen that in the end United- it's peewee shit that is you, peewee you- shit you wouldn't allow a 13 year old <laughs> to do that you're not going to allow some fucking star player allow it either you are my hockey player Do you remember you when nathan
3: mckinnon You remember that video Nathan McKinnon just losing it at Jared Bednar on the bench? I think he threw a water bottle or something at him. And then you remember who intervened? Landeskog. Landeskog got in there. Don't see that by anyone in the Leafs. I also
0: don't see Mitch Marner with the fire to yell back at the coach. He just whines and pisses himself in the fucking locker. No,
3: he'll go and have a... Yeah, he's going to go have a hissy fit. It's passive aggressiveness, really. Like, to me, that's what it comes across is that... He's throwing the hissy fit. He's going to his agent, or he's going to this He's going somewhere, around, and then it's coming around full circle. to.
0: And I he's... hate this bullshit narrative that, oh, Leaf fans, they always have to have some guy to blame it all on. It was Gardner. It was this guy. Now it's Marner. Um, Marner made it his fucking problem when he signed the deal that says he's as good as Matthews. Now when the team is at an 82-point pace, 10 games in the season, this is what happens. It's your fault because... You're the team. You are X percentage of the salary cap. You're a huge percentage of it. You are the team. This is absolutely your fault. And he doesn't have the stones to handle it. So moving from there, I would trade him for legit almost any good offer, like any offer that is passable. Give me not draft picks, but give me a, a good player and a solid prospect. And let's go.
3: Quentin Byfield, Sean Dersey, and and. Arthur Culina, whatever, man.
0: Stuart, would you yeah. actually trade Barner? Am I overreacting?
1: <laughs> I, it, I mean, I don't. I don't think you can right now at this point. I, I still like as a not a Leafs fan can see them turning it around, but it looks terrible right now. And I like, I don't think you can make a trade in season that makes your team better than trading away Mitch Marner. I know he's looked terrible, but you're gambling quite a lot because if you trade him now, you're trading them from less than what you could get in at another point, I think. I, I just don't think you can do it. So and, I think the path forward is sticking with this team. And or, like, making not, other changes. Just not I, trading I, the core. I, I think, like, Braden said, like, Kerfoot and Hall, I think both have to be dealt with. Kerfoot has no spot on the Leafs, and Hall looks terrible. Like, terrible, terrible. I, I can't see a place where the Leafs trade Marner and they get better, but I don't know, maybe it's a case of Marner gets traded and then the other guys somehow kick it into a gear. Like, it's, the management coming down and saying that they're not going to tolerate it anymore. But I don't know. I don't, I don't think you can trade them.
3: I think not trading a core players, just shuffling deck chairs, you know, core players form the culture like it or not as well. I know I say management, it starts at the top, but it also starts with your core. You know, how the hell is a fourth liner making nine fifty going to set the culture compared to a guy making 11. Um, we've been down this road. How many times now with the leaves? We know what's going on. We know there's an issue, and that culture needs to be changed. And that comes from cha- moving one of those guys. Sure, Stu. Like, yeah, you're you're moving from a position of weakness. Moving Marner, you're moving a guy like that. You're moving from a position of weakness. You're never moving a guy like that from a position of strength because the only time you're moving somebody like that is when it's out of desperation. Well, and Matthew Kachuk. Okay, let's hear it, Kypers.
2: Imagine yeah, there the imagine like, the Kachuk deal. They did that in the offseason with Marner instead. Boom.
3: Dude, if you're good, you find a
0: way. Boom. What if they had two amazing players, one forward, one defense, just added to their team, took away Marner? Very similar to how Calgary did.
3: It takes balls, dude. Like, it sucks. It takes we've balls. We've seen it more. There's a risk. Around,
0: like Lately, we've seen star players across all sports kind of get traded more. Like, Eichel got traded last year. Also, I... like, let's not forget, like, those are a bunch of players moving.
1: I also just think dude yeah, just dude, Like,
3: in. I think he does now. I, I, I think he was buckled down by the we can and we will quote, but with what's happened recently, I think that's changed his perspective. I think he's willing to do it. And you know, it's an old quote, but if Gretzky can be traded, like anyone can be traded, man.
0: Literally anyone can be traded. I hope Justin Hall is one of those fucks. I think so. We've done it. Okay, let's forward. The Leafs scrape into the playoffs. We can handle the not if they miss the playoffs in future episodes if they're closer to that. They're going to get back into it. They're going to make the playoffs. Okay. And they lose. We know what happens. If they win, this is all forgiven, though, for sure. Like, I'm walking back on my words. I'm happy to see it happen. And I hope I'm desperately wrong. But how at this point are any Leaf fans supposed to believe in that happen they haven't played like a stanley cup team for 20 minutes in a row yet all season so
3: here's the issue with that though is like the Leafs will win when they play a good team you know they're going to because that's when they care and that's when they try
0: yeah i guess so it's just i i feel as though i am most embarrassed now about the leafs than i ever have been and that includes the zamboni driver game like, I'm just so sad. And I can't believe that it's a bad Western road trip in October that I'm really talking, like, as if they just lost the playoffs. But that's how I feel. <sighs> do
3: you remember Do you remember what I said about Boston and Tampa back when we were doing playoff previews last year? No. I said that those are teams that set the tone in whatever game or matchup that they're in. They set the tone.
0: You play their game.
3: The Leafs left the other... T- Leafs let the other team teams set the tone whether that be an Arizona shitty coyote team that should not have a single win this year they'll play down they'll play up but they'll play down
0: yeah i got to agree with that i i mean i'm so depressed with the leafs i can't stand it
3: no and what i feel you know okay let's do a quick little round table kai Kuyper's, you're uh <sighs> You get a call one day at, at your at your beautiful establishment local. And it says, Frankie, you pick it up, and it's Mr. Aquilini himself. <laughs> it's Kai Kuypers. I want to offer you the role of president of hockey operations here at the Vancouver Canucks. You're saying, sure, Frankie, I'll do it. The next day, uh, you see Kyle Dubas is available as a general manager. You, you, you giving him a call? Yeah. Okay. Stu. Mario Lemieux. The owner <laughs> the right, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. gives you a call. You, you, same thing. You, came in, uh, you giving Doobie and his grandma a call or what? I,
1: yeah, I think so.
3: Tyler, let's say that you grew up and somehow didn't pick the lease, and you picked a, a different team that wouldn't cause you all this pain. I, you know how much, much of a different you? person Made a good I would life be?
0: You know how much more confidence yeah. I would have and self-esteem
3: Let's say the curator of your favorite beer, Jeff Molson, calls you and he goes, Tyler, as president of Montreal Canadiens, I just saw Kyle Dubas is available. You want to hire him as GM?
0: I think Kyle Dubas is a top five GM. I would hire him for sure.
3: There is not like I feel bad for the guy, man, like going through all the moves. There's nothing that there's obviously things like the Matt Murray. You know, I didn't like that. You Marazic. know, I didn't, like the signing. I didn't love. But by and large, for the most part, if you're behind all of his moves. And God fucking damn it, it should have worked out. They should have run around. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no excuse for them to not have one around, given all, everything that he's done. Like, it'd be like playing fucking GM mode, and your team's always 99 overall, and you never win a cup in the 25 years you get.
0: Sounds like something Kai and I did in college. Just... It was actually Yeah, literally.
3: <laughs> right? But there must have been years where you're going, what the fuck? Like, at year 25, you're losing game seven. In you're...
0: the standings, you went 70 72-9. and f- nine. Fuck?
3: We tr- <laughs> Yeah! Was it, did you
0: hear Legit, it was insane. In I couldn't believe that, and we like <laughs> lost, like we got swept. It was unbelievable. Yeah, first, first round. round. <laughs> the guy had like a 960 save <laughs> yeah. percentage. That, anyways, that shit happens to the Leafs too.
3: That's how Dubas must feel, and I, I, I don't know what you could have done differently. I really well, don't.
2: Just to disrupt your analogy, there, the Leafs are not a 99 overall team. Mm-hmm. They have significant weaknesses, as we have already talked about. Goalie, bottom yeah, but six.
3: Which team doesn't have weaknesses defense. Defense too?
0: All seem to be weaknesses ten games in.
3: Isn't Samsonov giving you like a nine Yeah, Absolutely, and but like we play right
0: Shogren 35 games a fucking year, I guess.
3: Yeah. Yeah. That's... how was, how was played? Again, but that comes back to the Matt Murray thing, right? Where we go, that's somewhere with it. or you know, hey, hey, I sent this in the group, I fucking said it. It was a fifth round pick that they saved from through four games. Aiden Hill has a 940 save percentage and a 4-0. At his current pace, he's going to play 35 games and he's going to win all 35. And <laughs> Tyler's going to have to buy me a beautiful Aiden Hill Vegas Golden Knights jersey. Legit. I mean,
1: Vegas' other goalie is also on fire who has a better <laughs> save percentage in two more games. But he has two losses. He has two losses, which Aiden <laughs> has, Hill does not. Yeah. Uh, okay, I guess. Stewart's very defensive of
0: his Vesna pick. Bum. Logan Thompson. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, do we want to say anything more, Leafs, or can we like just pause this, get it in our system, and go back to having happy days, good talks about Devils and Savers?
3: One thing I just want to say fast, cap it off. Look, Leafs are going to go on some seven-two and oh, for to sure, get back into the yeah. top. And then you know, some people forget, but the issues are brewing, and we know what. They and have th- to do. here's
0: the thing: is I know that they're going to be probably there in April. Um, not sure how they get there. But they're going to get there, and none of this will matter. And they're absolutely the closest I've ever seen them win the Stanley Cup. But at the same time, they're the farthest away, and we are eternally fucked. That is it for the Leafs. Let's talk about the New Jersey Devils, because they are playing great this year. Through three games, we were hearing Lindy Ruff get fired chance, and now they're turning it around. Braden picked them to finish second in the comp, or second in the division. They are currently second in the division six and three on a three game win streak. Holy shit. Are they good? The forwards are great. The defense seems to be pretty decent and Blackwood's been pulling his weight. And that was the question.
3: Amazing. Amazing. What's happened as soon as they get goaltending and you know what the scary yes. thing is too. Jack Hughes has not broken out yet this year. Like we thought he would. Yeah. Oh, and their and their PDO I think is nine fifty, which for those listening is some fancy stat, which essentially means how lucky you're getting. Uh if it's one, you're getting exactly what you should be. Uh if you're over one, you're getting lucky. If you're below one, which they are at nine fifty, suggests that you're so getting okay. Unlucky. So you're saying they are so, being
0: unlucky and playing well. Okay.
3: Yeah, so they're a better team than even what they are right now. Um, Can I go through
0: their goals for? This is their goals for this season. They scored five in the first game. or sorry no they scored two in the first game scored two in the first game then they scored four four three three six one seven like they're scoring a lot too as much as their goalie is playing well
3: and you know who's their mvp so far as far as i'm concerned jesper bratt jesper bratt man that guy is turning into a franchise i love that player
2: so much He's got 15 I, points. I did not, not even good. know he
1: had 15 points already, to be honest. That, so that's nine games hurt. in, he
0: has 15 points, four goals, eleven assists. And he's only playing 17 minutes a night.
3: <laughs> he's so good.
0: Man, like he's averaging over a five on five point per game. Plus, he's got four power play points. Jeez.
3: Not uh not bad for a six round pick, eh?
0: He's playing very well. He's leading the team in points, goals, and assists.
3: 73 points last year. He's going to blow that out but of the like, water. This really
0: year, the and story, just... I think all season long or all offseason long was like, hey, can we get some good goaltending? Vita Vanecek that they traded for in the offseason played bad in Washington. He is currently a 903 goalie with three wins and one losses. Oh shit, I didn't realize this. Blackwood has played also five games. He's three and two with an 871. So their mm-hmm. total save percentage is 887. You have average goaltending moving forward. They're going to play even better. Apparently, they've had bad goaltending. Who knew?
3: Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the goaltending is just so they're. I don't. I love their defense group, man. That John Marino. Yeah, right yeah. All I was of just going to say. You, you know what got,
1: hurts me so much? If you've watched the Devils play, like, doesn't Marino look really fucking
2: good?
3: Yeah, dude. How do you think I feel? Who was fucking crying for him to be traded to the Canucks? You us? were for um, a while. Yeah. We'd have the Devils' record if they did, but. No, he's looked fantastic. Um, Dougie Hamilton's looked good. He's up to uh, what is he at seven points yeah. in nine games. It's a good defensive group, and they've got Luke Hughes and Simon Emmett coming, right? Second overall pick this year. Like, it's just gonna get better, man.
1: I'll see. Like, go ahead, Kai, if you got something to... Oh no, I was disagreeing. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say like, Brady, you said like Jack Hughes hasn't broken out yet. Like, he's got eight points in nine games, but like. Watching him play, he looks all over the place, and he's setting mm-hmm. stuff up constantly. Totally yeah. agree. It's gonna start going it's, right. I'd it's expect gonna it to start one with fifteen and nine. going in the net. Like people, like people just aren't scoring on his like unbelievable mm-hmm. passes, like to the slot and everything. But those are gonna start going in eventually. And he's gonna explode <laughs> up the scoring chart.
2: Yeah, you guys see the uh, the Twitter clip today? There was like yeah. a whole bunch of highlights put together. Yeah,
1: I saw that today too. <laughs> Of oh, just jacking Jack uh, just, just Jack Jack yeah. up stances,
2: yeah, just <sighs> from yeah, I mean, this year so far.
1: But,
3: um, you know, um, I don't know if we have anything I wanted to say than that, but you know, experts yeah, know that's
0: we kind of just wanted, least, wanted, to, one we wanted to wanted to dance all over the fact that all of us had Dallas to make the playoffs, and so far they're looking like a playoff team. Um, the Sabres are also six and three. they are six and three with a plus 12 goal differential. Tage Thompson is no joke, man. He's actually a first time player. We were all kind of questioning his his, uh, contract extension because he got paid like $7 million after one good year for seven years. And right now he has six goals, six assists, just behind their leader, a defenseman. Rasmus Stalin, who has six goals and six assists in nine games played with 25 minutes a night. They have mm-hmm. Owen Power, who's playing 22 minutes a night. He already looks like one of the best defensemen in the NHL. I think the Sabres are better than we thought, and we thought they were going to be pretty good this year.
3: That Ryan O'Reilly trade's turning out okay, eh?
0: Taze Thompson <laughs> was a big part of that, eh? I guess so.
3: Oh, he was the main point. And the, like, I think the bottom's going to fall out on the Sabres, honestly i think i called them actually on being hot with craig anderson being the guy but really like i don't know man can craig anderson and eric Tomry keep it up for the no, whole year
0: but this is like they're still playing very well though if you look at how they're playing i feel as though they're going to be competitive into march which is yeah what you want as yeah. a sabers fan mm-hmm
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, the whole league's kind of looking like there's going to be teams hanging around leading the season. You guys looked at, like, the Central Division, for example, how closely jumped at this. The Blackhawks are third. Like, no team has, like, really played above the pack in that group. And you could say the same thing for the Atlantic as well as the Metro, besides the Bruins in the Atlantic.
3: Oh, should we talk about how the Bruins are away and they're going to win the Stanley Cup this year?
2: (laughs) Why not? I, well, I'm, so that's good. my
3: Stanley Cup prediction right now. They they are winning. The they
0: absolutely are the best team so far. They are eight and one. I mean, plus eighteen goal differential in nine games. So through nine games, they average a win by two goals. They don't even have Dude, Jake. Jake back.
3: Yeah, DeBrusca's back. Looking like how he like we thought he'd be upset. We never got him. Like I wanted to, but They're
0: adding a top five a coach defenseman change, to their do. roster in a couple of months.
1: Did you guys watch Marchand's first game back too, by the way? He looked like possessed. <laughs> so good. He looked so good. And how Bruins is this
0: lineup? A fourth line of Foligno, Nosik, and Loka. Coyle, Frederick, and Greer. That's the most bottom six I've ever heard. Or the most Bruins bottom six of all time. Like They have Hall, Pasternak, Marchand, and Bergeron in two different lines. I think that's better than the least. Holy shit.
1: Pretty good. But, like, back to the Buffalo, I guess, really quick. That Tage Thompson contract is looking so good. And their gamble, like, we are all calling it a gamble in the offseason. But that's kind of how you get, like, really good deals on your team. If he keeps that up, like, that, like that's one of the best contracts in the league. Is it not?
0: If you like, can get a star first liner. Up, yeah, because that's what he's for him, right?
1: seven point something. Like, it's looked good so far. I mean. Uh,
0: okay, so here's the thing. Mitch Marner for Tage Thompson. I think the Sabres can handle it cap-wise. We, I think it's a fine trade. I think Tage Thompson for wow. Mitch Marner is what I'm calling for. You, how far we've come. Like, <laughs> you could do that one for one. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Ever since Kai drafted this Mitch Marner in fantasy, he has turned into the biggest villain in town and the Leafs are falling off a wagon. Feels like Tage Thompson for to the Leafs might have to happen. Yeah, but I mean, I'm good. Happy for the Sabers. Happy for the Devils. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bruins are the best team in the league. They're gonna win the cup. How awesome! Fuck yeah! What a terrible shit show, fucking time for the Leafs right now and Leafs Nation. <laughs> All right, Brayden, your beer league corner starts now. I'm literally putting a sixty second clock on.
3: I have good news and bad news. All right, good news, baby. Oh, I'm a dog in the corner in that front we kept that goal scoring streak We're up to four <laughs> games in a row you can't keep me from finding twine you should put me in the lease instead of marner i won't throw a hissy fit bad news uh our undefeated record is now gone we lost the game uh our defense was horrendous and could not make a pass don't tell him i said that good news we get our custom jerseys. 30 next seconds week. bad news can we get number 88 so now I'm going to have to take 66 and uh, my teammates got 99. So we're going to look like douchebags out there, but we uh, we're going to score just like 99 and 66. What a corner. Can't wait for all the DMS requesting me to come back next week. regaling galing you with stories of my beer league um, moving on.
0: So <laughs> here's the thing. When you're in a, when you're in a couple, you kind of very often have to do the couple's costume. A girl in a relationship, will often go to the guy and say, "Hey, we're dressing up and
2: going to the party." Yeah, somewhat of a requirement.
3: What do you mean we got to do a cost? No, like the costume, like it is what it is. It was a terrible fault but look, look, there's there's rules for me. Okay, so now I <laughs> attend a Halloween. I attended a Halloween party this past weekend. Now, uh, as I am in a couple, I had to go dressed up. A good friend of mine, a listener of the podcast, uh, who runs a hockey account. I won't say anything more than that, but you know who I'm talking about. He's in a couple and he went, So what were our outfits? They him and his girl went as construction workers. That's okay. That's easy. That's not overdone. Okay. You're
0: you're okay with Me? this?
3: My yeah, I'm okay with that. Mine, my girlfriend went, I was gonna go as a biker check. I'm like, okay. So she goes, You wanna just do biker couple? I'm like, fuck, what do I have to wear? She goes I uh, just like all black. <laughs> and that's what I normally wear to the bar and parties. Like, sounds slimming. good to me. I'll just dress up like what I normally would. Yeah, Jackson, you got a
2: leather jacket. You're cool. cool. Oh,
3: easy. I get to the party, you know? And some of that, oh, babe, like, oh. you know what? The party on its own, there was something else that annoyed me. I'll share afterwards. We're
0: talking Halloween costumes here.
3: We're talking Halloween costumes. But then I see on Instagram, I see all these outfits, and just some of the outfits I see will have me praying. I, You know I was talking to my girlfriend about this, Brittany. Shout out. She's listening now, and she agrees with me here. So, here's if you dressed up as any of these for your couple's outfits, just know I am praying on your breakup. I hope you break up, and I hope it's. Oh, I'm clipping this. <laughs> and I hope you never find love again. So, here's the list. If you dressed up as. Any combination of Scooby-Doo, or not even Scooby-Doo, because no one dressed up as a dog. The dog is the coolest one in the gang, and no one dressed up as a fucking dog. If you dressed up as Shaggy and Velma or Fred and Daphne, I don't know why everyone went as fucking Shaggy and Velma this year. They never banged, for starters, so I don't really get why that's the couple's costume, but everyone was wearing that this year. If you went out like that, I hope you break up.
0: Why are you so I against the Scooby-Doo?
3: Because it's just overdone. Everyone, everyone fucking does him. it. No, no. Everyone fucking does it. Be creative. That's what I want to see out of your outfit. Right. I want to see creativity. I saw people dressing up as Nathan Fielder. That's creative. Let me ask you
0: this, Braden. Okay, so Hannah, my lovely girlfriend, she dresses up as a witch and I was her broom. Is that a problem?
3: That's completely fine. She rides you and it's a classic spooky Halloween thing. Classic. It's a okay. pun. It's a pun, and it works, so it's creative on a punny level. But Shaggy, level, who hunts it's, monsters, it's
0: is not Halloweeny.
3: Shaggy hunts Scooby Snacks, <laughs> not redhead puss. And
0: can I do I That's Velma.
3: that? <laughs> no, it's okay. But no, people did it too much, so I don't Jesus like that one. Christ. The other one, I saw too many people being Woody and Buzz, overdone. I hope you break up. Oof. I hope it's over for you
0: Stuart. do you have any halloween costume pairings that you really can't stand to see other than
1: blackface <laughs> i i think that's the only one i can't i don't I know how much you hate blackface <laughs> i i don't i don't have anything that i particularly hate i know
0: though. me neither i'm not a hater like brayden is brayden you're hating
3: No, no, there's one that there's absolutely one more. Just saying, there's people where you've seen on Instagram where you've seen at least three couples dressed up as it. If there's one other couple that has the same outfit as you, no, that's it. You you fucked up. Get something creative. Be more creative.
0: Okay. (laughs) So you went as a biker. How creative? Ooh.
3: Doesn't have to be. I I didn't see anyone else do it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay.
3: I didn't see anyone else do it. So that's okay. Now, at the party, let's go through the list of of couple outfits. that Actually, I think we're the only... Cu- no, there's one other couple there. And I respect this couple the most. Their outfits weren't matching. She went as some great Gatsby thing. And then the guy went as like a lumberjack or like a redneck. Love it. Nothing to do with each other. Hilarious. Had no idea they were even a couple until she announced they were How engaged. How cute. <laughs> yeah, cool. I like that. Keep it. Don't drown it down our throats
0: you're such a hater bird it's actually good crazy good all right what else do you hate old man
3: people's knees what
1: (laughs) wait no i think i'm on board with this
3: yeah they're gross
0: Yeah, Stuart, you also think girls and guys alike have terrible knees
1: there's definitely some terrible knees they're ugly to you
3: Look, look at this. I just, I'm not showing this on, on the camera. I just, I just opened up Instagram. I see somebody dressed up as Daphne.
2: That's the outfit. It was a lot of Scooby Doo. A lot of Scooby Doo and a lot of was Toy was Story.
3: Way too much. D- Thank you. Those yeah. are the two ones this year where everybody and their fucking mom just decided that's what the outfit's going to be. Fuck you. I hope you break up and I hope it's like because you get in a car crash.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> That, that's a weird. How did that cause the breakup? Breakup, yeah. Well, like someone yeah. lost the leg.
3: Like the car, the, that no, the car physically splits in two, and you guys go into different ditches, and like that's it. Like, why do oh. I never see anybody dressing up as Jerry and one of his random girlfriends?
2: I don't know. That would why actually it, be the easiest costume ever? Because it's like you could just dress as yourself. Because there were so many girlfriends. No matter mm-hmm. what you have in mm-hmm. closet, would work. See-
3: Dude, I want to. I had a date. I'm not gonna. I had a date with some girl who I'm not dating right now. So, Brittany, it's not you if you're listening. But she was a two-face. She could go on her own as the two-face for Halloween. She'd be set. It's two outfits in one. <laughs> Caillou, Wait, I'm sorry. Just you remember, Brittany knows about the podcast now? Yeah, I told her the other night.
2: That's well, huge. That's news. a big step in the relationship. <laughs> can she start was, reposting a lot, like her telling episodes on Instagram story?
3: Um, you can request that of Brett. If you're listening, do that. Thanks. Um But uh yeah, no, if there are a million Follow us on Instagram world, at Podley um, Change. I'll be one of the haters. If there's no um Halloween couple costume haters in, left in the world, it's because I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, let's end that there. Um... <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to the Loose Change Hockey Podcast. Be sure to check out our football podcast tomorrow, where we give a million dollars away.